podcast. We are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Pastor Stephen Dunkel. Hello, everyone. Hey, it's good to have you on. It's good to be here. Today, we are talking about... Psalm 117. The shortest psalm. The shortest psalm. So we've been this summer looking at some psalms, looking at psalms of praise, psalms of lament, psalms that are uh, kind of seated in a really historical context, psalms that maybe are a little bit more vague. Um, And so all sorts of psalms. And there's probably a million different categories for psalms and different ways we could think about them. Um, there's psalms that are acrostics and psalms that aren't acrostics. And, uh, but today, the, the, maybe one of the defining factors of this psalm is that it is the shortest. And we'll probably learn some other things about it too. But I was thinking, okay, so the shortest, you know, oftentimes it seems like we remember things that they're really long. Mm-hmm. But like I have the a longest road trip. Yes, the longest road trip but you don't remember the shortest one because it was probably an hour. Mm-hmm. But is that a road trip? At what length does a car ride become a road trip? That would be a good debate. Yeah. I think you have to leave town. You have to leave town, and I think there also has to be an overnight situation, hmm. right? You know, And a sense of adventure, not yeah. just errand running. Really? So it's really, so the definition of road trip is more about your mindset, than anything else. So you could maybe have a road trip that's just across the parking lot? If if your mind says that it is a road trip, I think you could. I don't know. Anyway, shortest. The shortest is often not remembered very well, um, but there are lots of good things that are short, short poems, short books. Um, what is What is a short book that you love, Stephen? Right now I am reading through Jacques Philippe's Searching for and maintaining peace. It's this tiny, tiny book, and it's about searching for and maintaining peace. Can a short book do both of those things? Yes. Can you search for and maintain with a, or should it be two volumes? Somehow he manages to fit it all. He does it all in one. In this tiny, tiny book. And speaking of tiny, tiny books, what have you been reading? You know, it's tiny. So my wife and I, at the beginning of the year in January, we decided we were going to have, I don't know if you would call it a competition, but we decided that we're going to just read as many books as we can this year. So we're just reading constantly. But in order to get ahead in that, I'm choosing smaller books. Ah, I see. Well, that's not actually true. (laughs) But I've read a couple short novellas by a, a woman, an Irish writer whose name is Claire Keegan, and she does a great job of telling small stories about people's real lives and the things they experience in with an incredible focus, which I think sometimes when you, when you have to do uh, something short, it's harder to be concise. Wasn't it, didn't Mark Twain say something like, if you, if you want me to write you a page, give me an hour if you want me to write you a paragraph, give me three days. That's not the exact quote, but it's something like that. Like writing something short takes longer than writing something long. Yes. Shakespeare said brevity is the soul of wit. Yes, he did. Which means that uh, being concise 
is a difficult thing to do, but when you do it well, it makes a really deep impact. And Psalm 117 is definitely that. The shortest psalm of all. The shortest chapter in all of Scripture. Yes. So I'm going to read it. And then I think because it is so small, we could probably find a way to take it with us today. Definitely. Okay. Let's read it. Psalm 117. uh, These words, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Yes, so maybe let's start with that. How? Okay, if, if it's one chapter of scripture, the shortest chapter, mm-hmm. how can we carry it with us today? Yes, we have a ton of exciting things to unpack within these two verses. But before all of that, let's together memorize an entire chapter of Scripture in just a couple minutes. Do you think we can do it? Uh, You know, I'm willing to try. So I found with memory that if you add it to song, it's way easier. If you add even just a rhythm, if you think about song lyrics, Mm -hmm. you know thousands, and yet... If you think about things that you've tried to memorize without song, without rhythm, it's a lot smaller, right? Yes. And so there's the four beat, one, two, three, four, that's used in drum offs, that's used in beatbox duels. So here, you know, I'll give you four bars, you give me four bars. One, two, three, four. Boots to bucats, boots, boots to bucats. Whoa. I got nothing. Okay, try it again. One, two, three, four. Boots, cats, boots, cats. Boots, cats, at the boot, boot, cats. Wow. This is my first beatbox battle. That was pretty good. Yeah. Exciting. I'm a believer. Yes. So we could do the same thing with Psalm 117. We could beatbox duel Psalm 117. So I'll give you a phrase and then you just repeat the phrase back. That I can do. Here we go. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Extol him, all you peoples. Stop. Let's play it back. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Extol him, all you peoples. Sweet. That's first one. We got it. You just memorized half a chapter of scripture. Amazing. We got to go into part two. Yes. Part two. For great is his love toward us. For great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord. The faithfulness of the Lord. Endures forever. Praise the Lord. Endures forever. Praise the Lord. That's the chapter. Should we put it together? Let's do it. All right. And you know, if you're listening in your car, if you're listening at home, definitely follow along with us. Let's memorize this chapter of scripture together. So am I still repeating or are we doing it all? Let's do the repeat. Okay. And then we'll do it all. Got it. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. For great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord. The faithfulness of the Lord. 
Endures forever, praise the Lord. Endures forever, praise the Lord. And now, let's do it together. The whole thing. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You got it. That's a chapter. That's a chapter. Right there. All right. So now that we've memorized it, what's going on in here? Let's uh, take some time to sort of peel apart those two verses that we just memorized. Now, it's interesting. So this psalm, uh, it's really short. Uh, and one time when I was in seminary, I was in a class on the psalms and we're learning all sorts of things about the psalms. And then at the end, we had to do a project and we got to go around the room and everyone got to say which psalm they wanted. And of course, everyone did psalm. Some people are wanted 23 and then 23 was taken and then they moved to 121 and then that was taken and and then they moved to 51 and that was taken you know uh 46 went pretty quick uh but no one took 117 but when it came to be my turn i said i'm gonna take psalm 117 to which i thought i was being funny because what i was really saying was I'm taking the shortest one, so it's going to be the easiest, right? And the professor obviously knew that, that that's what I was doing, and so he kind of laughed at me, and he said, you know, I know what you're doing, but uh, I actually think that that psalm is the hinge that all of Scripture turns on. And so good luck. I can't wait to hear what you come up with. Um, and it was interesting to dive in. And I'm sure, I, you know, I should have dug out my presentation on Psalm 117 for this moment, but I don't have it anymore. So, uh, you know, it is, the, it is in some ways the hinge that all of Scripture turns on because it's the very center mm-hmm. of Scripture, right? Um, and it is the middle chapter of Scripture. The middle chapter of Scripture. So in a very physical, literal literary sense. Mm-hmm. It is right there. Genesis at the 1 to Revelation 22, the middle chapter, Psalm 117. So it is very important. They're all very important. One What's psalm, going on here? It's one psalm. It's 17 words. 117. Oh, nice. Yeah. And right off the bat, praise the Lord, all you nations. This is incredibly provocative. Because this psalm, this is part of what's called the Egyptian Hallel. And so Hallel means praise. If you know the phrase Hallelujah, praise Yah, Yahweh, the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Hallel. This is praise. It's called Egyptian Hallel because these are the songs that are sung at Passover. Hmm. When the Jewish people would celebrate being rescued by God from the Egyptians. And so this is really a song of rescue from Egypt. And yet the opening line says, praise the Lord, all you nations. It says, Egypt, praise Yahweh, the God of Israel. And that word Lord in your English translation is all caps because this is the name in Hebrew, Yahweh, the name of the Lord revealed to Moses. This is the God of Israel, the maker of heaven and earth. And we did an episode on that name. So we if did. you want to go back, uh, we did an episode on the divine name. I think it might be episode four, but we could check that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of our earliest episodes. Definitely check that out. So then this word nations, goyim, is, and that still exists in Yiddish and things like this. But goyim, you might think if you know some Spanish, like the word gringo, mm-hmm. you know, you're clearly, you know, not of Hispanic descent. You're a gringo. You know, this is the goyim, the Gentiles. Hmm. It says, the- praise the Lord, all you goyim. So what, what makes that markedly important? This is not just the God of Israel. Hmm. This is the ruler of all. This is the king of all kings. This is the God of all lowercase g gods. This is Yahweh maker of heaven and earth. The God for, and the God for all nations, all peoples. Yes. Okay. Which is huge. When you talk about this as the hinge on which all scripture turns, right? You have the story of Israel, of God's people leading up to this point. And the hinge says, this God of Israel isn't just the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. He is the God of gods, the, the king of, the of kings, the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And so then it zooms in, extol him, all you peoples. And this word extol him, we use the word extol in our English translations or laud if you're following in older translations because Hebrew uses parallelism of two lines where they're often synonyms. And so this idea of praise, oh, let's use another word for praise, extol, laud. But the Hebrew here is shabachuhu, which sounds a bit like shabach, Sabbath, because it's this word for to calm, to soothe. You think, well, what does that have to do with praise? This mm-hmm. is words, This is a word in the Hebrew scriptures for calming the waves or soothing a child. Let's let's take a pause for a second. You you mentioned this word parallelism, which yeah. we talked about before, um, and what it really is 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 repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Of of the form of the line repeats twice. So verse one is a great example of parallelism. What you often see is the first the first line is is more more general, and mm-hmm. the second one takes us deeper. So that's exactly what you're describing, right? So the first one is praise the Lord. And then it's, there's a direction to, to who, right? All mm-hmm. the nations. The second one takes us deeper with that, that word extol in English. Um, it has a little bit of a twist of a meaning. It's not just praise, right? It's something more. So, uh, and then again, the direction, all you people. So what, what is this? What, how are we going deeper? What is happening there? Yeah, so this word, all you peoples, kal um, haumim, Haumim actually looks a bit like the word human if you take, you know, the, lang- the language in Hebrew. And indeed, these words are really roughly equivalent. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, all you peoples. Praise the Lord, all humanity. Mm. And this word extol, deeper than praise, the city of calm, the city of soothe. What does that have to do with praise? As we look at the early church, and you walk into these ancient churches, you'll see next to the altar, or really surrounding the altar, something called an iconostasis from the word icon, meaning religious art and stasis meaning stand. And Mm -hmm. so an art stand Mm -hmm. on the right, you always have this image of Christ ruler of all. And on the left, you have this image of Christ child in his mother's arms. And so there's this, Praise the Lord, all you nations, Christ ruler of all on the right. 
And then you have this hold him with affection, all humanity, with this image of the Christ child, God as human, held by humanity, hmm. held in his mother's arms. So, so that's not a place that most of us would immediately go when we think of praising God, holding him, uh, holding him close. So what I think what you're saying is that that God is this big God who is the creator of the universe and the savior of the nations, but God is also the one that we hold close to our hearts and uh, get into a rhythm of life with. Absolutely. And Jesus talks about whatever you've done for the least of these you've done to me when he talks about feeding the hungry, you're feeding Christ. When you're clothing the naked, you're clothing Christ. When you're visiting the sick, you're visiting Christ. Mm. And there's this idea. I was listening to a woman recently speak who was sharing that the way that the Holy Spirit gets her attention is by rushing into her infant child in the early morning hours to wake him that he might be held in her arms. And in this moment, holding this small baby made in the Mm -hmm. image of God, Mm -hmm. remembering to hold God in her heart. Hmm. That's amazing. So how do we do that? How do we hold God in our hearts? Recognizing that God is Christ ruler and Christ child, we recognize that God is incredibly big and incredibly close. In Arabic theology, there are these two words. There's the Tanzi, the God of transcendence, the God beyond knowing. Mm -hmm. And there's the Tashbi, the God of imminence, the God who makes himself known in human likeness to us. And so you have the Tanzi, transcendent, and you have the Tashbi, the imminent. As we think of God, where is our hang up? Is it easy for us to understand God as the ruler of all, but difficult to understand God as the one that we can hold and touch, the one that we can spend time with intimately in the secret place? Or on the flip side is God, our friend, but we lack this reverence and recognition that God is all powerful, that he deserves everything from Mm. us. Is your God big, but not close? Is your God close, but not big? Mm. Because Yahweh is Tanzi and Tashbi, transcendent and imminent, incredibly big, incredibly close. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. And it's amazing how those two things, which seem to be absolutely opposite, if, if something is super big, it's hard to be close to it. And if something is really close, it's hard to imagine that it has power. But there, we see both. And I think that that helps us in our understanding of, of how we should approach God, right? We should approach God with the trust that God is big, 
bigger than our problems, bigger than the things we're facing, but also that God is right up there with us in the midst of all of those things that we're, we're facing in life. So, you know, you think of something like grief. Boy, that's hard for me to sort through as a person, to sort through these feelings and emotions and the loss and the weight of that. But if I give that to a God who is both over that grief, bigger than that grief, a God who is beyond that grief, who takes me out of that, but at the same time, a God who sits in the midst of that grief because he is close and imminent and knows the knows what it's like to cry until your head hurts and knows what it's like to, to have an emptiness in your heart, that's a God that I can approach because, because that God carries both. To feel God in the infant we hold in our arms, incredibly close, and to look out at the night sky and know that God is bigger than the entire expanse of the universe, incredibly big, hmm. and yet both are true. Yeah, all this in just one verse. Can you imagine that? And so we have this movement inward, and this is a poem. Mm -hmm. And so we've already seen this, what we call parallelism. Well, another trait of a lot of Hebrew poetry is something called chiasm, C-H-I-A-S-M, which is this A-B-C-C-B-A structure. So it starts with this hallelujah, this praise the Lord, and then all you nations, this ruler image, this shabahuhu, all you peoples, this Christ child, this intimate image. And so it's moving in. And now we're going to start in and we're going to move out. Hmm. And so verse two, for great is his love toward us. Let's talk about that word love. Because I think, you know, there, I think a lot of times we think that translation is like um, we have a, a table where it's just here's a bunch of words and here's their equivalent in other languages. And if you, if you study language, you begin to realize that that can never be true, that sometimes there is not a parallel word or a word that matches uh, the, exact, the exact meaning in, in a different language. And I think we have some of that going on here with this word love. Um, and probably lots of other places mm -hmm. in scripture with words. Um, and, uh, and so before I say anything else, I also don't want us to think as readers, if, if we're not unpacking the language of a psalm, that we're missing something. I think what we have here is, is what we need to have, but there's more depth also when we start to peel away at, at language. Absolutely. Do you agree or where, where do you sit with that? The scriptures are a treasure box, and the treasure is Christ. Yeah. These scriptures, they move us into experience with Christ. And so if we're reading along simply in the English, or if we're reading it in Spanish, or if we're reading it in the languages they were written, a Hebrew or a Greek, the treasure is not those words. Right. The treasure is to whom those words point. The treasure is Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit illuminating the text to us is more than capable of meeting us in our reading of scripture, whether it be in translation or in the original. 
sometimes by studying the original language or hearing someone talk about it, it sparks new ideas mm -hmm. that we can contemplate, that we can meditate upon, and that can help us in our encounter with Christ. But we are not limited by language in encountering God. Right. And so certainly we're not limited by, say, not knowing Hebrew or not knowing Greek. And if you want to know the Hebrew or the Greek, join a church. Talk with your pastor. Yes. That's one of the bars of entry for us, which is great. Yeah, so you get, you know, you get a little familiarity with some of these things. And the uh, word in Hebrew here, this is a word that I know you've talked about before. It's hesed. Yeah, I what can't is even pronounce that. Hesed. Hesed. I think, you know, when that, that day when my professor said all of scripture hinges on this, I think what he meant was this word hesed, which is used lots of places in scripture. I think probably like upwards of 200 times throughout the, or more than that. And so it's all over. Uh, but here it's kind of like right at the middle of this psalm. And and I think what it means is, we, you know, you and I, we have lots of ways of, of uh, talking about love. Well, we don't have lots of ways. We have lots of things that we love, but we mm -hmm. only really in English have one word for love, right? So mm -hmm. we you love, love cheeseburgers. Yep. They're great. Yep. I also love my son and I love my dog and I love um, the winter and I also love the summer. But those are different kinds of love, right? My mm -hmm. love for winter and my love for summer are probably the most different. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, so love is love is a complicated thing and it's a complicated word. And so So what is this love? What is Hesed? This is this is the kind of love that God pours out into the world. And if we look at the so it's a a lot of times it's translated with two words, like mm -hmm. loving kindness, often hyphenated, uh, steadfast love, or um, sometimes it's translated as mercy, sometimes it's grace. Um, and you can see all of those, all of those give a, a picture of what that love looks like. But I think what it really, at least the part to me that, that uh, I can hold on to and sort of begin to imagine is is the kind of committed, steadfast, faithful, enduring love. So I just used like four adjectives to mm -hmm. describe that love. But it's the love that that God has for us, and it's a love that God uh, it won't turn his back on us. Mm -hmm. So if you were to start at the beginning of Scripture, which we have in this podcast, and you kind of follow the stories through, and you were to read them up to this psalm, you would see uh, God's people committing and failing over and over again to God, turning away from God all the time. But God doesn't turn his back to them. Mm. He continues to care for them, watch over them, be present with them, uh, give them victories, uh, deliver them from the, the places they find themselves. And if you're to read all the, the, wor the things after this psalm, you would find that that story sort of continues. But God, in his enduring, faithful love, won't give up. And where does it lead him? It leads him to the cross, to his own death. So the hinge of all of scripture is love. Yes, I think so. Is chesed. Yes, I think, I think it is. Yeah. A, a, a special love. A love... A love that 
that God fully embodies and a love that you and I are supposed to try to embody to the best of our ability, trusting and knowing that we can't, but we see it. Loyal love. And for those trying out the word at home, I've seen it written as K-H-E-S-E-D or C-H-E-S-E-D. But basically, if you haven't spit on your steering wheel in the process of trying this H sound, you're probably doing it wrong. Didn't get it quite right. This chesed love. And so it's brought all the way in to this point of love, and then he zooms out because there's this love toward us, and there's this faithfulness of the Lord that endures not just now, not just in our short vapor of a life here on earth. This is a love that endures forever. This is a love that endures beyond our bodily resurrection upon a renewed earth. This is a love that endures beyond the beginning of time, beyond the end of time. This is the God who, incredibly close, is also incredibly big. And so the psalm ends, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Boy, two verses, and we covered... The God who created everything and the God who sits with us in the midst of everything. Um, That's a psalm worth carrying with us, I think. And so uh, maybe as we close today, should we try try it again? Uh, Folks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing this podcast with the people in your life who who you want to help dig deep into scripture. Thanks for, for subscribing. Thanks for liking. Thanks for all of those things. It, it helps us in, in getting the word out and continuing to, to make this podcast what it is. Uh, we will be back next week with another psalm for you. So in the meantime, stay deeply rooted, and we're going to send you out with this psalm once again. Praise Praise the the Lord, Lord, all all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We forgot to say, this is the song Jesus sang with his disciples. When would that have been? The Last Supper. They sang a hymn. They sang a hymn. And it's Passover. They sang the Egyptian Hallel. Psalms 113 to 118. That's Psalm 117. That's this. Amazing. Jesus sang it. Thank you. Thank you.